Hey, this is Dan, and thanks for tuning in to the podcast where I talk legal stuff with lawyers that I know, like, and trust. I hope you find the information really useful, and if you need legal help, that you reach out to one of these lawyers directly or drop by lawbydan.com, and I can steer you in the right direction. Here is your podcast. Family law is an area of law that is plagued by myths. To debunk some of them, I'm with Lara Minon of Cooch Lawyers. Lara, what are some of these myths? One of the biggest myths would probably be that once the parties are divorced, um, they're no longer tied to their former partner. So a lot of people think that the divorce is the official legal process um, where they will then have no longer any ties um, with their former partner, but that's simply not correct. So um, once a divorce is final, each party has 12 months um, to file an application in court to have their property settlement um, determined. So that means that you're financially still tied to each other until you've done a property settlement. And I suppose conversely, there is that sort of um, confusion out there that some people have around when they have to do a property settlement. I know that one myth that, that often comes to mind is that people assume that they need to do a divorce before they can do a property settlement, which is just not true, is it? That's right. No, the property settlement can be done at any time and so can the divorce. So people, parties can do a property settlement immediately following separation um, and then continue to be married and not do a, a, a divorce until many years later. So they can, but the only time limit that happens is once you've, a divorce is final, um, that starts the time ticking for those, those 12 months in order to get the property settlement done by the court. Um, so that's the only sort of time frames. Generally, we recommend that people do the property settlement before doing the divorce so that we know that everything is settled with their property settlement and then they can go ahead and get their divorce um, just in case the, the negotiations become protracted and take longer than the 12-month period. And notwithstanding the fact that people need money too, I suppose, so the sooner they get that yeah. property done the sooner they start sort of uh, making good decisions about their financial future. Exactly. In many relationships, the financial relationship of the parties is so intertwined. They often own properties together, um, you know, so we need to decide who's going to live in the house or what happens with the mortgage. Um, but even things like windfalls. So if somebody was to win the lotto, even after they're divorced, um, their former partner has a claim on that or an inheritance. So if somebody was yeah. to receive a large inheritance um, and they haven't done a finite property settlement, then their their former partner has a claim to that, that amount of money as well. So it's really important to get that property settlement done. So what are some of the other myths that you, know, that you come across in, in family law practice? Um, another one would have to be in relation to children. Um, a lot of people assume that they will automatically live with the mum. Um, which does happen quite a lot, but that's definitely not an automatic assumption of the court. So the court looks at the best interests of the children and that is a paramount concern. So if it's not in the best interest of the children to live with the mum, then that won't necessarily be be what is ordered by the court. And the other sort of chestnut is too that, um, you know, a property settlement, for example, is always split 50-50. That's not the case either, yeah. is it? No, it's not. The court takes into account a lot of factors in a property settlement. So um, things like initial contributions, um, but also financial and non-financial contributions of the parties throughout the relationship. So it really tries to take into account those traditional roles of the male breadwinner and the, the female being at home and taking care of the, the homemaker duties and the parenting duties. 
Um, so they, those things are assessed by the court and also the future needs of each party. So if there's a large income earning discrepancy between the two uh, or any ongoing health concerns that may limit one party's earning capacity, uh, that's also taken into consideration and that results in adjustments um, in, in either party's favour. And that's certainly not the case, is it, that, you know, the breadwinner, because, you know, he or she has actually gone out and, and, and done all the sort of, you know, bringing the money into the house. Mm-hmm. For the for the other party who is actually the, at the stay at home providing, you know, all, all the care, et cetera, for the family mm-hmm. – they're not they're not neg- negatively impacted, are they? I mean, the, the court no. will assess those roles sort of equally in some respects. They do, yeah. The court definitely takes on takes an equal um, view of homemaker and and parenting duties, and the way that the court looks at that is that. That the breadwinner is able to go out and earn all of that money and continue to work because of the partner who is at home looking after the children and maintaining the home. So it's yeah. you know it's definitely not necessarily um, looked on as that you know the breadwinner gets the majority of the of the financial resources or the property at the end of the day. Um, those contributions are, are viewed upon equally. And what are some of the other myths? One would have to be, again, in relation to children, um, that if I pay child support, I automatically have a right to spend time with them. Um, so that is not the case. So children have a right um, to be financially supported by their parents and that's where child support comes in. So when parties split, um, if one person, again, we'll go back to the breadwinner, is earning all of the money and the children are staying home with mum, um, the, the breadwinner needs to be able to provide for that child until they reach the age of 18. Um, but it doesn't necessarily mean that they have a right to spend time with them. So, and again, we go back to the paramount consideration of the court being the best interests of the children. So if we have an example where um, we have a, a breadwinner, um, but it's not in the best interest of the children to spend time with that person, they will need to pay child support to, to financially support the child and not necessarily spend any time with them. I mean, you raise that whole concept of the best interests of the, the child, which really is the paramount sort of objective of the court, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's actually legislated that that will be the paramount concern. We often hear, uh, you know, people make comments like, well, you know, I've got rights to see my child or, you know, even in the case of mm. grandparents, for example, I've got a right to see my grandchild. It's the children that no. have got the rights, haven't they? That's right. So it's in the legislation that the children have a right to have a meaningful relationship with each parent, provided, again, that it's in their best interest. So each parent doesn't actually have a legislative right um, in any respect of their children. So children are definitely not a property that any person can have a right to. Um, So, yes, the the same with grandparents. Grandparents don't necessarily have a right to see them just because they are a grandparent. I suppose the best way to get around myths is to go and get some legal advice. Absolutely, 100%. Um, all of these assumptions are anecdotal um, and, you know, things that are talked about at dinner parties and those sorts of things, but it, it's not necessarily the case and it's so important to get in independent legal advice that is catered to each person's individual situation because every we see many, many family matters um, come through our offices each year and not, no two are alike. So it's really important to get independent legal advice that is specific to your situation. And Cooch can obviously help. Absolutely, yes. We have a great team of family lawyers here that can help um, just providing advice or holding their hand throughout the whole process and giving them advice on the way through. 
Lara, thanks for joining me. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to the podcast. You can find me on all social channels, including Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and YouTube with the handle Law by Dan, or simply drop by lawbydan.com. Thanks.